Welcome in, welcome in once again, ladies and gentlemen, to Scout Team Sports. I am your host, DeValian, and we are getting into it this week. We got to recap week five, and then we're getting into week six of the NFL 2022-2023 season. I want to say a special shout out to all of my subscribers. I appreciate everyone who is subscribed, who is supporting. Please continue to uh, share this podcast. Please continue to listen, share this podcast with all other sports fans, specifically NFL football fans, as we continue to grow uh, this channel here, grow this podcast. Um, Special shout out to my local subscribers and all my subscribers around the world, if you will. Uh, So we are getting right into it here. Uh, also, uh, we'll have some special announcements coming up in the coming weeks. Uh, some things that I've got coming up here, uh, as far as some special guests and, um, we're going to be doing some new things that I'm very excited about in terms of, uh, growing, uh, this podcast here, but we start with recapping week five. And of course we have to go over that dreaded awful Thursday night football game, if you will. Uh, the Colts at Broncos. I picked the Broncos in this one. And, of course, I was wrong. Of course. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's not like it's not like Russell Wilson should be on a better than Matt Ryan. And that the Broncos are projected to be better and should be better than the Colts as a whole. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the meme of the week is... Uh, Russell Wilson this far uh, with his helmet on backwards trying to throw the football. Yeah, that pretty much sums it up uh, with this game being only field goals. And I'm like, um, well, I, I get that he doesn't have DK Metcalf, but he does have Courtland Sutton. So you can throw to somebody. And I get that he doesn't have Tyler Lockett, but you have Jerry Judy, so you can go to somebody, right? You got people to throw to, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's got people. He's got people. He got people. Or maybe he has people and he just doesn't want he don't want it no more. So, all the speculation from the talking heads, including one Shea Sharp, former Bronco, Bronco legend, is that uh, he doesn't want to get hit anymore. He's got his nice fat contract extension uh, with um, uh, since getting traded to the Broncos and re-signing for a multi-year deal. And uh, he's just he's just living his life. He doesn't want to get hit. He's more focused on family now and all of this other stuff. Um, well, I know a lot of guys that are focused more on family, but they still come to play. And apparently he doesn't. Uh, again, once again, the most uh, points that they've scored was against the Raiders, and that was the only time in a loss, in a losing effort this season thus far. Yes, it's only game five, but thus far that they have scored more 
than 17 points in a game. But other than that, their defense has to play lights out just to keep them in the game. And that's not saying much, especially for Russ. Because, again, you could have kept in Drew Locke for this. You could have kept Drew Locke for this. You really could have. Drew Locke would be playing. Drew Locke could score a touchdown here, a touchdown there, and still lose you the game. That's fine, yeah. But you get Russell Wilson, you're expecting a lot more. And, yeah. I mean, it works for me personally, being a Raiders fan. But, in prediction-wise, and just overall football and understanding the knowledge of football and the ta- and the, who's talented in the game and who's not, I'm like, there's no way that the Broncos should be losing this game. And lo and behold, they lose. And it's Russ that's playing bad. If you see, if you watch the games, Russ is not playing good. He's not playing like a former Super Bowl champion. He's not playing like a team, uh, like a quarterback that's led his team to multiple playoff uh, appearances. And you can't say, oh, we had the Legion of Boom back then. He's got a good a good defense. Not great, but a good defense backing him up for the Denver Broncos. And, you know, they were amped when he first came on the team. And then they're like, uh, you know, acronym letter special W and acronym letter special T and acronym level special the one after E. So, I don't get it. I really don't. I really don't. I really don't get it. But nonetheless, we're moving on. That's that. Hey, that's who you all wanted. Y'all wanted the guy from Seattle who, you know, obviously had some issues. And, you know, before getting with certain people and incorporating them into his family, he was a pretty cool, common collective guy. Now he, uh, you know, is with somebody who likes to talk and have a lot of attention and now it seems like he's taking on that person's persona as opposed to the other way around even though he's the the man of the house and and you get where i'm going if you don't get it by now i'll pray for you okay you get you get where i'm going here making music videos and whatnot and yeah okay i just I, okay i'm gonna leave it alone but it just seems like that one's influencing him more than he's influencing that one what's going on here I'm very concerned okay we're moving on i did i told you i was moving on y'all keep trying to drag me back into it all right sunday games london game london bridges falling down for the packers here Surprised, uh, not you know, impressed, but also surprised. Giants over the Packers in London, twenty-seven to twenty-two. Giants improve to four and one, and Packers fall uh, to three and two. Um, I think that both these teams um, should be in the playoffs, but it remains. It's still a long season. It's still a long season, but. Um, a nice fight, a definitely a nice fight uh, in this game. Definitely a nice fight in this game. Uh, but it was uh, quarterbacks, it was not. For quarterbacks, it was not. Daniel Jones, no touchdowns, no picks, but no touchdowns either. 21 for 27, 217 yards. 
Um, Saquon does a little bit of his thing, but not much, but a little bit with 13 carries, 70 yards. And of course you have one touchdown. Um, but then it is just the kicker getting loose here. Wonderful. And, uh, yeah, a lot of, a lot of, uh, field goals here. Uh, but nonetheless, I, I'm just like, okay, well, I, I still put stock in the Packers defense. Even with this loss, I still put stock in the Packers defense. I just think that Aaron Rodgers and that offense, they just sputter sometimes. And it's like, well, if you can't keep things going, then eventually the defense of the Packers is going to get tired and they're going to give up points. So I, I'm, I'm really not... I'm really not surprised in terms of how the game went because when that happens, then what follows is not that big of a surprise. But it's just the fact that it's the Giants. And I'm like, they're, I mean, you look at them and they're like, they're okay. I mean, Daniel Jones, the franchise quarterback, no way close in my opinion. But they're still winning football games. So that is impressive. So hats off to the Giants as a whole, four and one. But how long can they last with just Saquon and the defense playing all right? How long would that last? I don't know. But, I mean, yes, the Packers are not what they used to be. They're still um, somewhat the best in their division. When I think the, the Vikings are definitely going to give them a run for their money this year. Um, but hats off to the Giants, man. The NFC East, where it used to be even just a year ago let alone two years ago, how bad it was. And you could win that division with less than 500 record almost. And now you've got the Cowboys, the Giants, and the Eagles all playing just rock solid to where it's like, you don't know, there's a like a three-way tie possibly for the division title. I'm like, what? That's crazy. That's crazy. But hey, I like it. I like it in the sense that, you know, you, you, you're thinking one of these teams is barely going to make it into the playoffs because you have to give one team uh, the division title, which is automatic playoff berth. But now it looks like all three of these teams are vying for a division title and a playoff berth. So that's going to be interesting come late in the season. Let's see how this playoff, um, this playoff picture uh, lines up around week 13, 14. That's going to be real interesting to see what these three teams, the Giants, uh, the Cowboys and the Eagles all in the NFC East. Meanwhile, the Packers, um, Aaron Rodgers goes for two touchdowns, but yeah, it's, I think it's, it's just more of this is, these are still not Aaron Rodgers numbers. In my opinion, 25 for 39, 222 yards and two touchdowns, no picks, uh, which is very Aaron Rodgers esque, but the, 25 for 39 and the 222 and even two touchdowns I would have expected more from him against this defense I don't really think that this defense was that much of a challenge for him um, but nonetheless the Giants get the job done and a win by five points with a hold of batted passes in the air at the end to uh, seal the victory but hey they got it done hats off to them all right, we're moving on, and we're getting into back to America here with the Sunday games, and we have um, the Steelers at the Bills. Of course, predicted this one right. Blowout City, thirty-eight to three. Bills 
over the Steelers, not really a question. Um, it's just a matter of the Bills being very, very angry. I mean, their only loss so far was by two points to their division rival Miami Dolphins, who are now probably going all the way downhill, and deservedly so. Uh, but after that win, um, after that loss, I mean, the Buffalo hasn't looked, you know, I mean, they should be they should be the other undefeated team. They really should be. Um, but they sputtered. But other than that, I mean, you, you, you got to expect them to just stomp a mud hole in the Steelers. And yes, um, I feel bad for my guy, Chase Claypool. But nonetheless, it's just, just you know, I mean, you can't, you can't really expect much uh, from a Steelers team that seems like they're rebuilding. This is the post Ben Roethlisberger era after such a long tenure with him. Now you finally get things started. I still would not have started Kenny Pickett this particular game. I know this is like, okay, well, if you're going to throw him in there, put him in the fire against the best defense in the league, I still wouldn't have done that. I would have waited at least one more week. And if you have a trash, horrible uh, uh, performance by Mr. Trubisky or even your third-string quarterback, fine. But I'll let Kenny Pickett start next week. But nonetheless, they let him start this week, and he goes 34 for 52. 52 uh, for a rookie his first game and he's throwing the the ball 52 times 327 yards course in a losing and trying to catch up effort zero touchdowns and one pick just don't think that that was really fair to him on top of that he doesn't have a running game to support him uh, so it doesn't matter what the defense would have done or tried to do minus tj watt which still you know they're still somewhat a little good I'll give him like in between average and good. But yeah, there that's not going to do anything against Josh Allen. Full force of Josh Allen and the Bills coming down hard on uh the Steelers. 20 for 31, 424 yards, four touchdowns and one pick. And of course, the Bills steamroll uh the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh hoping the Bills can uh, will not have a, a collapse like they did last year in the playoffs. And next we get to the Chargers and the Browns. I did predict that the Chargers would win this game. I would just say that you're just, you know, uh, you know, uh, one, one, a good quarterback better than the Browns, that being the Chargers. And that proved to be the difference, in my opinion, with, with just a two-point win as the Chargers improve to three and two and Browns uh, fall to two and three. Final score is Chargers 30 and Browns 28. Um, yeah, I mean, and to me, to me, uh, the Chargers, though, still have a lot of work to do. Still have a lot of work to do, and I get it, you know. Uh, like I said, preseason for the starters, this is pretty much preseason now. It's just ended for the starters. For guys that didn't play the entire preseason and a longer preseason on average now, um, and now this is like five games in. Now, I would say after these the first five games, now we get to see what you guys are made of. You've had your practice. You've had the, you've gotten out all the kinks. You've gotten loose. You've gotten a couple hits in. I was always good after that first hit. Uh, again, I'd say I was always good after that first hit when I used to play. It was just scary, nervous up until that first 
hit that first contact and then that first contact just allowed me to settle in and i was comfortable i was ready to go um so these guys these starters should be ready to go after this now we'll really see what they're made of i still um thinking that um justin herbert not resting after he first injured his ribs could still come back to haunt them um just hope that that rib injury for the sake of another human being um does heal up uh without him getting uh those ribs damaged even worse um as far as uh, the ribs taking time to heal i really think it depends on the person and how severe the damage is but i would dare say that justin herbert is not a hundred percent yet and he definitely had a time uh it wasn't easy against the browns defense Going 22 for 34, 228 yards and one touchdown, no picks. Um, but the um, Browns letting Austin Eckler, of all running backs, get loose with 16 carries, 173 yards and one touchdown. A hunt on, that's near 200 yards. Like, seriously. Austin Eckler? No. But I what I do get is Mikey Williams going loose. 10 catches for 134 yards because I knew that was in him. That's not that's not a surprise to me. I thought it was just a matter of time before this started to happen. And if it can happen on a continual basis, my goodness, look out. Because like Mike Williams, he is the T.O. prototype. He is a T.O. prototype. Like if he if he just if he starts the beast, which is why I really didn't want them to re-sign him. I wanted the Raiders to snatch him away. Imagine if we had Mike Williams and Devontae Adams. Oh my goodness. <sighs> we can't have them all. You know, this is very much a Pokemon world we live in. You can't catch them all. You know you want to. But man. I mean, you don't, you how, if he, if he reaches his full potential, I don't see how you don't stop him one-on-one -on -one or um, you can't cover him one-on-one -on -one and no DB in the league is going to have, uh, I don't care, the best DB in the league, Jalen Ramsey, whoever you think it is, um, is going to have a time trying to cover this guy one-on-one. -on -one. You need safety help or else I would dare say that he has the potential to do this to you every week. Every week. Uh, but 10 catches, 134 yards with that T.O. frame. Uh, if you want to, some might want to say uh, it's closer to Megatron than T.O., but I dare say it's more T.O.-esque than it is um, Calvin Johnson. Man. Man. Unbelievable. Austin Eckler also getting a receiving touchdown in this game, and the Browns just could not... Um, stop Eckler and they couldn't stop Mike Williams and that was really all it took because uh, again the Browns still uh, scored themselves but I mean yeah and again that's to me eventually what uh, tends to nip the Chargers in the bud when they do falter is their um, shaky defense um, but nonetheless they put the clamps just enough on the Browns to get the win. Jacoby Brissett, 21 for 34, 230, and one touchdown and one pick. Uh, Chubb did his thing. Uh, and that's the thing that uh, scares me for. If you're a Charger fan, you would still be nervous because this is tending to happen a lot more often than you, sh you should like. 
um, where yes, you won a game, but eventually this is going to bite you in the rear end when you're allowing a running back or anybody on the opposing team to go this wild. That being Nick Chubb, 17 carries for 134 yards in two touchdowns. Kareem Hunt contributing with 11 for 47 and one touchdown as well. Uh, you had Amari Cooper with an okay game, seven catches, 76 yards, um, and one touchdown. And Njoku uh, with six catches and 88 yards. But I think this was just a battle of two teams that I really think are on par with one another. I really don't think that the Chargers are that much better than the Browns. It's just a matter of them not having their starting quarterback in Deshaun Watson. And even with Deshaun Watson having not played for so long, I think if he was playing in this game, it, that would have been the difference, and I think the Browns win this football game. Uh, but that remains to be seen. In the meantime, the Browns are struggling, and, you know, this is what they wanted. So you've got to go ahead and wait for Deshaun Watson to serve his suspension. Uh, but nonetheless, the Browns fall to 2-3, uh, uh, and three, and the Chargers improve to 3-2. and two. Once again, shout out to all of my subscribers. I appreciate everybody for continuing to support. This is Scout Team Sports, and we're moving right along here with the recap of week five before we get to week six. Next, Texans at Jaguars. How, how do I get this one wrong? Happy for Lovey. Texans get the upset win in this one by a score of 13 to 6 and you had to know that if the Texans are going to win any football games this year it's going to be like this by a score of 13 to 6 yeah pretty much nothing going on here but the fact that the Texans D was able uh to sputter uh the Jaguars offense which is not you know the most spectacular but I would believe that Doug Peterson and um and Trevor Lawrence would have been able to overcome Lovey Smith's defense however talented or less talented it was I just I didn't get it I didn't get it Damian Pierce for Damian Pierce for the Texans uh with just a yard shy of 100 yards and one touchdown rushing uh David Mills uh 16 for 24 140 yards no touchdowns but no picks either um and you get a score of 13 to 6 with, along with two field goals um over uh, Jaguars, which I didn't expect the Jaguars D to allow that many points, and 13 is just fine, but you're expecting your team should have been able to get at least 21 to 24 points on this Texans uh, D, and no, lo and behold, Trevor Lawrence, 25 for 47, 286, zero touchdowns, and two picks. That is uh, very uncharacteristic of him as well. I would have expected that, of course, in his rookie season, but he's not a rookie anymore. And while he's not that dynamic or spectacular of a quarterback, I'm not expecting him to light it up with like 400 yards and four touchdowns, zero picks. This to me is beneath and below what I think he is capable of on average. So just not a good game at all for Trevor Lawrence. Even if he just game manages, I think the Jaguars win this football game, but he did less than the minimum, and he actually um, was uh, the reason why they lost this game. It's unfortunate. Marvin Jones gets seven catches for 104 yards, but other than that, they can't score. They can't get the ball in the end zone. Surprised that Christian Kirk uh, was only targeted three times. Uh, really surprised with that. 
Um, you had Zay Jones targeted eight times, but only three catches for 12 yards. And of course, you had Marvin Jones targeted 11 times and Evan Ingram targeted 10 times. I would have targeted Christian Kirk more. I would have forced the ball to him a little bit more uh, because I think he's more of a threat than Evan Ingram, even more than Zay Jones. And I did like how Zay Jones contributed to the Raiders last year. But you got to get Christian Kirk more involved to me. To me, you have to. You have to absolutely get him more involved, uh, meaning you have to target him more, design plays to get him open um, so that he can contribute to this team. But I think that was also part of the downfall. And the Jaguars lose one that they should have won. There really is no excuse for anybody who's going to lose to the Texans. I get that the Texans themselves are an NFL football team, but they are... um, very very porous and they're it would they were designed that way because i don't believe that they're built to help to for lovey smith to succeed uh he's just a filler just so they can say uh we there's a black quarterback another black quarterback coaching in i mean quarterback another black head coach coaching in the nfl and uh to deny the allegations brought against them by brian flores so but nonetheless, happy for Lovey Smith in, in regards to him being a head coach. That is about as much happiness as I can have for the Texans winning a football game. Other than that, I hope they lose everything. <laughs> I hope they lose every game. Uh, just because of that organization. Yeah, I don't want to. I'll start ranting. Don't let me do that. Next, we have the Bears at Vikings. I predicted this one right with the Vikings coming out on top uh, by a score of 29 to 22. Didn't expect it to be this close. I was surprised that the Bears, uh, however they score, however they would score in a football game, were able to get 22 points. I am really shocked by that. Really, really shocked. Um, but nonetheless, the Bears do put up a fight. And I thought it would be a fight because it's a division rival. You know these teams well. Uh, you know each other better than any other teams in the league. Uh, Justin Fields going 15 for 21, 208 yards, one touchdown, no picks, very clean. But not enough, not nearly enough as they would have liked, I know. Uh, and once again, he should not be also the leading rusher on his team. I just don't think that that works for a, t- a team like the Bears when they don't really have much on offense to begin with. Um, somebody else has to step up in the running game to where it takes pressure off of Justin having to run because people know that he is going to be running the football more often than not because they don't have any other weapon running the football. If David Montgomery gets more carries, four more carries in Justin Fields, and gets 27 yards less, that's pathetic. Whether you want to blame it on the offensive line or David himself, a combination of both. I really think that this is, this really is just, it's not set up for Justin Fields to be successful, in my opinion. That's just how it is. If they get a win here, they get a win there, great. But other than that, I don't really think this is set up for him uh, to succeed. It's just not. And then, of course, uh, David Montgomery is also the leading wide receiver. Uh, in this game with four catches and 62 yards. So, I mean, what else What else is there to do? What else is there to do? You you can't, the only weapon that you had on offense, uh, aside from Justin Fields, was Allen Robinson, and he is now a Ram. So, I really don't know what the Bears are thinking 
Again, this is a team that I uh, can rant on for a long time as well, but I'm going to digress. Kirk Cousins, meanwhile, playing average, which I'm not surprised, but at the same time, he doesn't really have to do much if Dalvin Cook is cooking, just like I said. If Cook cooks, the Vikings are just fine, and they actually need that every game, and especially if Dalvin Cook can stay healthy for a whole season, which is very hard for him, seems like. Um, still going back to that bitter, uh, season ending injury that started the season when I was had, when I had him as my first pick in fantasy football, still bitter about that. I could have been a champion. Could have been a champion. But anyway, I'll let it go one of these days. <laughs> and, uh, Kirk Cousins, like I said, average at best to me, um, but they didn't need much because, the Bears can't do much on offense, but like I said, uh, Cook cooked 18 carries for 94 yards and two touchdowns, and so all Kirk Cousins has to do is do okay, and that combined with uh, Cook's rushing touchdowns, Kirk Cousins running one in, sneaking one in himself, and then getting one touchdown uh, pass, even though he threw a pick uh, for only 296 yards total and throwing the ball 41 times. That type of performance, that type of performance is enough to beat the Bears. Ain't going to be enough to beat, uh, I would say, the top half of teams in the uh, in the league. But that performance would be enough to beat the Bears. On top of that, Justin Jefferson, 12 catches for 154 yards. So he definitely did his thing. Um, but not getting uh, any receiving touchdowns has got to be something that I think he's definitely not happy with. But 13 targets. Uh, nonetheless, you know, he is the number one wide receiver uh, with Adam Thielen trailing with the sec- second most targets at seven, but only four catches for 27 yards. Like I said, that's an OK performance as an offense as a whole, but that's not going to get it done against most uh, good teams. Top half of the teams in the league, but they are lucky that they were facing the Bears uh, this week. And we're moving on, moving on up to the East Coast here, where, you know, it's a battle of one and three teams. And I was like, yeah, you know, pick the Lions, you know, yeah, why not? And that was really bad. (laughs) I get it. I get that the Patriots still have Bill Belichick uh, as their, uh, you know, as their head coach. And he's a defensive mind, defensive genius. But I didn't think they were going to shut out the Lions. I mean, my goodness, what happened? What happened? You know, I figured it'd be maybe a tight game against two teams that are poor, two poorest teams. And, uh, yeah, Jared Goff just didn't have it today. He didn't have it that day. 19 for 35, 229 yards, no touchdowns, and one pick. And so they just figured him out. And if you figure him out, he is the cog that makes his offense go. Um, they pretty much didn't have anything, didn't have anything for the Patriots defense. I'm not putting much stock into that. Like I said, I know he leads this team of no name misfits to, uh, what looks like should be more victories, uh, and could be more victories. Um, but then you couple that with the fact that, okay, even a, a team, uh, on offense as poor as the Patriots can still move the ball against that horrible Lions defense and that equals a win for the Patriots and 
quarterback, get this, Bailey Zapp. Zappy Zapp. 17 for 21, 188 yards, one touchdown and one pick. And that was enough along with Rashawn Moore Stevenson, 25 carries for 161 yards to get the win. To get the win, 29-0. to zero. So very, very surprised at that in terms of especially how good Jared Goff was doing leading this football team. And so, I mean, if the Patriots, the Patriots might, well, might as well look at this game as their Super Bowl because I think this is as good as it gets for them this season. Any team, uh, you know, in the top half or even in the top 20 to, uh, to 25, it's going to be a much tougher matchup than this. So you guys got one easy. All you had to do was just figure out Jared Goff, and they had pretty much nothing else. But if you think about it, if you think back to that Super Bowl, um, they pretty much had a Jared Goff on lock when the Rams faced the Patriots in the Super Bowl. So I guess Jared Goff didn't learn anything uh, from the last time that he faced the Patriots and Bill Belichick, and they just got him again. Next, you have Seahawks at Saints. I thought Seahawks were going to take this one. Uh, but lo and behold, the Saints getting it done by a score of 39-32. to 32. I wouldn't say much defense in this game. So, hey, I got to give credit where credit is due. The uh, offense of the Saints did show up and show out in this game. Um, but this is, a, I won't say a shootout, but a mini shootout because we almost got to the 40-point mark. Uh, but nonetheless, um, Geno Smith performed well. 16 for 25 for a Geno performance. 16 for 25, 268. Three touchdowns and no picks. But, of course, he did not have much um, help from the running game as Rashad Penny goes down in this game, unfortunately. And he is done for the season with the broken uh, tibia or fibia. Or is it tibia? There's a tibia and a fibia. I think we're, that thing is the fibia. So um, he is unfortunately done for the season. San Diego State alumni. Very, 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 very saddened in that regard. Um, that he is down, done for the season uh, after getting injured in this game because he definitely would have been more of a difference maker in this game had he stayed healthy in it. Uh, but now it's much more pressure on Geno. It's going to be much harder on Geno. Tyler Lockett going off for uh, five catches, 104 yards, and two touchdowns. DK Metcalf with five catches, 88 yards, and one touchdown, uh, but um, just not enough. Just not enough. If they had had help in the running game, which I know that they're used to, uh, in a healthy Rashad Penny, I think that would have been the difference, and they win. Uh, but you're not going to win a shootout every week. And then, two, if your starting running back goes down, yes, that makes it harder on you. And then, um, then you can have a guy like backup, like Andy Dalton, come in, go 16 for 24, 187 yards, and one touchdown and one pick. And you win the game. Why? Because then you have hybrid now now running back, not just tight end slash quarterback, now running back Taysom Hill with nine carries for 112 yards and three touchdowns. On top of that, uh, Alvin Kamara, uh, Kamara uh, 23 carries for 103 yards and the um, which I'm not surprised as far as against a Seahawks defense. They run rough shot over that defense uh, with 39 points. Uh, and then, of course, Alvin Kamara is the leading wide receiver um, with six catches and 91 yards. And, yeah, the uh, Seahawks did ha not have much of an answer at all for 
the uh, Saints on offense. So the Saints win by a score of 39 to 32 uh, and improve to two and three. So they're on the upward climb there uh, to three. Uh, no, excuse me. They improve to two and three. So uh, Seahawks are now also at two and three tied with them as far as record wise. Next, we get to uh, I don't take pleasure in saying this in the sense that I'm happy that the team lost, but they got what they deserved in this one. Um, and I'm not happy at all about Teddy Bridgewater getting hurt. Uh, but it just seemed like this needed to happen uh, with the Dolphins losing uh, to the Jets in blowout fashion. I mean, even with what happened, the fact that the Jets were able to score 40 points as a team, I mean, my goodness, are we turning a leaf here? My goodness, are we turning over a new leaf? Giants Jets score 40 points as a team and win the game by a score of 40 to 17. Uh, once again, um, not happy that uh, Bridgewater got hurt, uh, but nonetheless, he does get hurt. He goes down and Skylar Thompson comes in 19 for 33, 106 yards, no touchdowns and one pick. Uh, you do have Raheem Mostert going off for 108 um 18 carries and 113 yards and one touchdown, but that was pretty much all she wrote as far as offense. Tyreek not going to be able to do much with a quarterback that doesn't know what he's doing, nor Jalen Waddle uh, in this game. And so minimal um, minimal scoring was done because of Teddy Bridgewater getting hurt. I hope that he's all right. Meanwhile, Zach Wilson uh, not getting anything done in the passing game. But my goodness, they just ran roughshod over this Dolphins defense with Brees Hall going 18 carries for 97 yards and a touchdown. Michael Carter, only uh, 10 carries for only 21 yards with two touchdowns. And then Braxton Berrios, one uh, carry for 15 yards and one touchdown. And Zach Wilson, four carries for two yards and sneaking in a touchdown as well. So uh, the Jets and their running attack, their rushing attack, really getting it done. You have Brees Hall as dual threat with having uh, two catches for 100 yards. And uh, that was enough to blow out the Dolphins. Uh, but like I've been talking about, the way I've been talking about the Dolphins, in the last couple of weeks, especially with the whole Tua situation, you know what? This is what they get. This is what they get. You guys could have been so much better right now, uh, at least possibly four and one right now, or four, uh, three and two with a healthy Tua had you handle uh, that Tua situation a lot better. But now you don't even have Teddy, and um, you know even though he passed. Uh, the the so-called protocol, but the fact that he was deemed with a concussion is the fact that he is the reason why they're like, okay, no, you can't come back. You're pretty much done for the game. So if that's what you get because you handle Tua wrong. Now, even if Teddy could have bit played the rest of the game, you don't get him back. So uh, that, that's all on you, Dolphins. Congratulations. Next, we have Falcons at Buccaneers. Not much to say here. You know that the Bucks' uh, offense is not what it is, would be with a healthy Gronk, and the replacement for him as far as tight end is not anywhere close to what Gronk is or was. And uh, I just think that that lessens the firepower for Tom Brady. 
and um, they still are uh, good enough to get a win. Tom Brady still going to make sure you get the win over an inferior football team, but not by much. Uh, but the Buccaneers D taking care of business as the Buccaneers win by a score of 21 to 15 and improve to just three and two. Next, we have Titans at Commanders. I got this one right. Um, like I said, I don't put any stock in Carson Wentz. If y'all want to, fine, but I'm not. Um, yeah, this is this is your first year with your new mascot, and your new logo, the Commanders. And you got a guy that can't command anything. He can command his arm to throw really hard. I mean, that's what you want. Like, <laughs> That's what you want, but he ain't commanding no football team. I know that much. I know that much. Uh, even if he can put up some numbers, 25 for 38, 359 yards, and two touchdowns, he still threw one pick. And, he, again, he's just not the leader. He's not the leader. Antonio Gibson didn't do anything in this game, rushing-wise. And Dan, Dan, Dynami, Dynami Brown... <clears throat> excuse me, with two catches for 105 yards and two touchdowns. But Scary Terry only five catches for 76 yards. And Scary Terry only targeted six times in this game. Uh, with Curtis Samuel being targeted more. And um, do you know who your number one wide receiver is? So <clears throat> you still got to get him the ball. So I don't see what you're doing here, Carson Wentz. But again, it's Carson Wentz. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe Ron Rivera's got a pass this year with all this going on. I really would give him a mulligan. I would give him a mulligan for this whole year. I would give him a pass for this whole year. You got Carson Wentz, which I don't think in his right mind he would have picked as his starting quarterback. Uh, and then you've got all the internal issues that are going on uh, with the Washington Commanders in their in their uh, headquarters, in their organization with the lawsuits and whatnot and the investigations. I just think it's, it's, it's just a mess from top to bottom, and it affects the team uh, more ways than you think. Um, but the commanders lose once again, dropping to 1-4 and four, uh, in the league. And, uh, you know, for, for me, if, if uh, Montez Sweat is doing his thing, but then Chase Young is not, like I said, it to me it's just it's to me it's such a big drop off uh for a defense not to have like this not to have Chase Young. Montez Sweat can do his thing, I believe, but Chase Young is a star of that defense and him not being able to contribute um because he's not a hundred percent, that's always gonna be a problem. Especially in a low scoring game where you might need him to seal help seal a victory. It's not happening without Chase Young. Uh but I mean the court, you got to fix the quarterback situation. And, uh, you know, I guess this is just a pacifier uh, because they didn't want to go through um, another season <clears throat> with their quarterback um, uh, from last year. So they thought, I don't know why they thought that Carson Wentz was going to be an upgrade, though. I don't get that. But nonetheless, Derrick Henry going off for 28 uh, carries, 102 yards and two touchdowns. Ryan Tannehill doing the least, and of course that's what he can do. Um, um, I'm hoping this Malik will this time sooner rather than later. Um, <laughs> uh, but the Titans get the victory here, 
um, just because they're facing a really bad team, I believe. But if they were facing a decent team, I believe they would have lost this game. But hey, I predicted it right. I am a genius. And we're moving on to the Niners versus Panthers. I predicted this one right. Blowout City here, if you will, with the Niners getting the win 37-15 to over uh, the Panthers. And after this game, head coach Matt Rule is fired. He is gone. He is out. Never deserved a job in the first place. Um, like I said, the only reason that Cliff Kingsbury still has the job is because of Kyler Murray. Even with Kyler Murray's non-studying behind, uh, he's still such a dynamic player that as long as he keeps winning, then Kingsbury is going to keep his job. Uh, but these college head coaches coming in with no NFL head coaching experience, you know the if the game is faster, just think about this. What is it that every rookie says when they come into the league? What's the difference between college and the pros? Even the best college athletes say they come to the pros and they say the game's a lot faster. It's a lot faster. So if it's a lot faster for them, don't you think it's also going to be a lot faster for the coaches? It has to be. Because they're looking at the game, they're watching the game, they're watching film, and they're like, okay, if this guy does this, and we can do this, and then we'll do this, and then they'll react like this. Uh, and especially for a head coach who's an offensive-minded guy in Matt Rule, uh, he can't gun, he can't prepare for a defense like the Niners when he's so used to the speed of college. Even for this couple of years, like they don't, it, 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 I don't, I don't, I would never bring in a college head coach to be my head coach of a pro team. I can bring him in to be an offensive coordinator. I would say that's the ceiling as far as a starting point for a head coach from college to go to the pros. You bring him in as an offensive coordinator. You bring him in like Lane Kiffin did. You bring him in as, uh, in as an offensive coordinator. Well, that was going back to college, but you bring him in as an offensive coordinator or if he's a defensive guy, you bring him in as a defensive coordinator. That is the ceiling or what should be the ceiling for college head coaches entering into the pros. Because you have to realize that the game is going to be faster for them. Nobody talks about that. They just talk about what the players say, and it's a lot faster for them. But it's a lot faster for the coaches, too. And sometimes, I think a lot of times, these coaches, these college coaches are used to the speed of the college game. And so coaching and scheming and whatnot and trying to prepare for offense if you're a defensive coach and try to prepare for a defense if you're an offensive coach is you're not able to comprehend what you need, how you need to coach the team in order for your team to be successful because the game is a lot faster at the pro level. So it's not just for the players, it's for the college, it's for the coaches too. And if you don't have the experience of being around the pro game, like you've been an offensive coordinator for a team first, I don't think you're fit to be a, a head coach in the NFL. All head coaches in the NFL should be coming from position coaches in the NFL. I.e. all these black coordinators who are trying to get head coaching jobs and you won't let them have them. Matt Rose should have never gotten his job. Coming from college and now probably headed back to college. <sighs> I 
could have been an opportunity for African-American head coach, for African-American assistant coach or positions coach to become a head coach. Nah, y'all want to do this. Okay, fine. That's what you get. What you think, Matt? What did you think Matt Rule was going to do? Like I said, get him out of there. Nick Saban is the, probably regarded now as the best college coach that ever lived. Even he went to the pros and couldn't handle it. Even Nick Saban couldn't handle it. So Nick Saban couldn't handle it. What you think Matt Rule going to do? Oh, there's some college coaches that make a transition. Okay, great. That's Those are the exception to the rule. Pete Carroll's an exception. Good for him. That's one dude. But you do what you want to do, Panthers, and get steamrolled by the 49ers. Who are very used to the pro game and the pro speed style. And in doing so, of course, they have a much more seasoned, experienced quarterback. And Jimmy Garoppolo, I just, I've, I've been trying to hold that back for the whole season. I'm, I just, his name is just, <laughs> I'm sorry, Jimmy. Garoppolo, I'm so sorry. Oh, my goodness. Uh, but Jimmy G going 18 for 30, 253 yards and two touchdowns, no picks. Very clean game. Very good for him. Jeff Wilson, 17 carries for 121 yards rushing and one rushing touchdown. Uh, nice to see Tevin Coleman back. Um, I know that he was nagging. He was, he's been plagued by injuries since joining the Niners. Eight carries for 23 yards and one touchdown. Uh, but that's definitely enough for um uh, the uh, Niners to get the win. Nice to see George Kittle back as well. Five catches for 47 yards. Brandon Ayuk, three catches for 58 yards. And uh, Tevin Coleman getting him a rushing touchdown and a receiving touchdown in this game. Debo not doing much, but didn't have to do much here with two carries for 12 yards rushing and then two catches for 20 yards receiving and one receiving touchdown. More than enough to beat the Panthers and good old Baker M 26 for 20 for 36 215 yards no touchdowns and one pick that's what you wanted that's what you wanted you needed somebody to compliment Christian McCaffrey not put him in a hole to have Christian McCaffrey try to dig him out that ain't gonna work McCaffrey somewhat does his thing as a dual threat 14 carries for 54 yards and then one touchdown rushing and then in receiving, um, also getting uh, seven catches for 50 yards. But if he's all you got, you're putting way too much on him. And a coach that knows how to utilize the talent that he has would be able to do that at the pro level and translate that into more victories and definitely not put all the pressure on Baker Mayfield, knowing his track record. But you get what you get. That's the decision you made. Niners roll 37 to 15. Then the Eagles, I'm sorry I picked against you. It was a close game, though. Winning by a score of 20 to 17 over the Cardinals. I did pick the Cardinals, but hats off 
to the Eagles. I mean, uh, Jalen Hurts, just so proud of him as a leader, as a black quarterback uh, doing his thing. Um, you know, every game is not going to be pretty. Every game is not going to be spectacular. But a leader doesn't necessarily have to be pretty and spectacular in order to lead his team to victory. Sometimes he just needs to be able to get the job done and help to utilize the talent around him. 26 for 36, 239 yards, uh, no touchdowns, no interceptions, but he gets it done on the ground, but not the only one. 15 carries for 61 yards rushing and two rushing touchdowns, with Miles Sanders also contributing 15 carries for 58 yards. So we had some help in that regard. You've got Dallas Goddard, 8 catches for 95 yards. Devontae Smith, 10 catches for 87 yards. A.J. Brown not contributing much um, with 3 carries and 32 yards, but he was targeted the third most, only 2 behind Dallas Goddard and 2 behind, or uh, 4 behind um, Devontae Smith. So, uh, hey, knockdown, dragout fight uh, it was, but the Eagles get the win and improve to 5-0, and the only undefeated team in the league now. Um, 28 carries, for, I mean 29 for 42 for Kyler Murray, 250 yards, one touchdown, and one pick. Uh, the Cardinals are just shaky. I think their defense is just average. Yes, they uh, held the Eagles at 20 points. But I don't think the Eagles are a consistent, high-scoring team. I don't think that's in them, even with what Jalen Hurts has to throw to now. I just don't think that they're a consistent, high-scoring team. So getting this win, the way that they got it, low-scoring game, I think is very impressive for them. Because this, I think, is going to be how they win more of their games than the high-scoring way. So hats off to, um, like I said, hats off to the Eagles or being 5-0, and oh, man, uh, like I said, Cowboys and only one loss, the uh, the um, uh, Giants with only one loss, and the Eagles uh, being undefeated, man, and all of a sudden the NFC East seemed like it could be, it is more exciting almost than the AFC West. I still am going to be for the AFC West just because of the weapons and who's involved, but Man, the NFC East is almost neck and neck, I would say, with the AFC West for the most exciting knockdown, dragout, fight type uh, division that there is in football. Now, speaking of the Cowboys, we get to the Cowboys predicted this one right as well uh, with the Cowboys getting the win over uh, the Rams by a score of 22 to 10. Um, it's big talk about Dak Prescott coming back and what do you start him? Um, and I get it. I get what they're going to do because it's it's a fundamental thing. You got to think about. Uh, I'll, I'll give you an insight into the mind of NFL owners. OK, it's very quite it's quite simple. You don't want it's just like they, they treat it just like it is an investment in anything else. They want their money working for them. Their money works for them. And by the way, I'm reading Rich Dad Poor Dad. And I'm understanding that this coincides with the whole Rich Dad Poor Dad thing, which is a very good book. And I'm just getting started on that one. Very excited about that. Um, but you want your money working for you. Okay. You don't want your money not working for you. And if Dak Prescott were to not play, then their money is not working for them. They're not going to pay Dak Prescott the multi-millions that they paid him for him to sit on the sideline. Owners want their money working for them. 
The caveat, the, con- the the contrast to that is you're winning right now and you're winning with Cooper Rush and you're winning with Cooper Rush as being a game manager because what's happening is you're allowing the running game to be the star of the show and not him. Just think about it. You've got Dak Prescott in the passing game, right? Throwing to C.D. Lamb, who's really your only weapon in the passing game, Right? That's really all you have. No, no, not Michael Gallup. No, 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 no. It's just C.D. Lamb. That's it. But if you think about it, what do you have in the running game? Like I said, you have Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. That is a better offensive attack to lead your offense than Dak Prescott throwing to C.D. Lamb. So, Who's supposed to complement the other? The passing game should be complementing the running game, even with Dak in there. So if Dak can adjust his game, I say the Broncos, I mean the Broncos, I'd say the Cowboys keep on rolling. But if Dak comes in there and starts throwing willy-nilly and starts going all over the place, you're going to bite yourself in the behind. And down you will go. And the Eagles will just start looking at y'all like, hey, wasn't the Cowboys just right on our heels? Where'd they go? Where'd they go? Where'd the cow- where'd them- How about where them Cowboys at? That's what people going to be saying. How about we're at them Cowboys? If you put Dak Prescott back in and he starts throwing the ball too much, you will fall behind in this division, I guarantee you. And you don't want to do that now. I can see if it was just you and the Eagles. So now you got to worry about the Giants. Because the Giants is like, we ain't playing around this year either. We trying to do something. So you cannot fall behind and go back to your old ways. You cannot. You do not have that luxury. So Tony Pollard ate carries for 86 yards and one touchdown a very very impressive scamper on his touchdown run i did that was very enjoyable uh and then zeke with 22 carries for 78 yards you got to get more out of him with 22 carries uh but nonetheless that combo of these two combined with just minimal uh in the passing game is getting it done that's getting it done they're getting the wins Let's just continue to do things the way we've been doing them. As long as we keep doing them, we we should be fine. Let's just let's just do that. <laughs> and then on top of that, you complement it with this Cowboys defense that was lights out on this Rams offense, who for the life of me still cannot get things going with their newly added weapon, um, in Allen Robinson. He gets five targets, only three catches for 12 yards. Cooper Cup going to do his thing. Seven catches for 125 yards. That's it in the passing game. And then the Rams have never really had a running game. Cam Akers, 13 carries for 33 yards is nothing. So whatever Matthew Stafford is doing is not working. You need more is a reason why they added you another weapon. What worked last year is not going to work this year. That's obvious because you're two and three right now. And you're looking up, you're at the on the same level as the Cardinals, and you're looking up at the Niners right now. So y- y'all better change something. But hats off to the Cowboys for playing running game and defense and winning yet another game. 
which is proof that you don't, it even, no matter how much this is a passing league, if you have running game and defense and you just have a quarterback that doesn't make mistakes, you can win a lot of football games. So let's see what the Cowboys end up doing uh, the rest of this season once Dak is clear to return. Uh, I'd say you go, I'd say you stay, you know, I said like what the owner's going to do. We know what the owner's going to do because of their money that's invested. But uh, I say you stick with Cooper Rush. I say you stick with Cooper Rush. You ride that thing out until he starts to play just horrible. Uh, but if he's playing clean games, I say let it ride. Ravens win over the Bengals, a close game. We're going to wrap up here soon. Ravens win over Bengals, close game, 19-17. to And the Raiders do what they do, only playing one good half of football. A lot of controversial calls in that. Um, but nonetheless, Josh McDaniels doesn't know what he's doing, and Derek Carr isn't good enough to lead us to the promised land. The Chiefs get the win by one point, 30-29. This is Scout Team Sports. I am DeValian. We'll be back in a minute on the other side of this break. Scout Team Sports, and we're back in it. We had to get that break in when we did. Um, but, yeah, just um, had to rush on those last two. Uh, but once again, we are back. Shout out to all of my subscribers. I appreciate everyone for continued support as we continue to roll on for week six. We're getting into the week six predictions for uh, this 22-23 NFL season. And we are starting off, but before we do, like I said, just recapping a little bit with Ravens and uh, Bengals. Um, Ravens getting the win, two-point win, uh, but it's going to be uh, tough sledding for everybody in that division, meaning um, I think as far as the knockdown dragout fights that this uh, division is going to have against each other, I would say no no game is a gimme if you especially judge the fact of how that game one went. Uh, between the Steelers and the Bengals uh, for this uh, division. So it's definitely not the best division in football, not even second best, but these teams are going to fight against each other um, very hard, um, and we'll see who comes out on top. At this point, like I said, I'm picking the Ravens, but it's going to be close, I would think, because these teams are know each other so well are going to play each other so hard, but the Ravens coming out on top, and then the Raiders, uh, yeah, Pretty much, like I said, only playing one uh, good half of football and scoring 20 points, but then you only score nine points in the second half. That's not going to be enough to beat Pat Mahomes. You know he's coming back. The questionable calls by Josh McDaniels, uh, questionable decisions by Derek Carr, uh, and then on top of that, uh, they don't give Devontae that catch, which I believe was a catch. Uh, because both they when they talk about both feet being down, they always count one tube when the catch was made, but then they don't take into account that both feet can be down at the same time. It doesn't have to be one foot then one foot after the other. If he catches the ball and he has possession and both feet touch at the exact same time, even if it's a the light tap on the field, it's a catch. Then they want to say, oh, he bobbled it and whatnot. Look. That that rule, it, it, the thing is, what they're not accounting for is the fact that if the call on the field is made as a catch, any time that you overturn, if there's not enough evidence to overturn, you leave it the way it is. That's always been the rule with instant replay. 
with challenging and all that stuff. When you're looking at that, you don't. If it's that close, you don't overturn it. Not enough evidence to overturn is supposed to be the rule. So you, as close as that was, you can't just say, "Oh, oh, it's not a catch." No, that was so close. Come on. If they made a ruling on the field that it was a catch, that review is not enough evidence to overturn. That's the correct call. But then, like I said, Josh Daniels making done decisions. Could have tied the game up after that second long deep pass to Devontae Adams. Uh, and then they decide to go for two and don't get it. I'm like, this is four minutes left. You take the tie. You still got plenty of time. And you change the whole dynamic of the game if you don't get that. They don't get the two-point conversion. Now they're down one point. Chiefs get the ball back. They stop them. But now Derek Carr is in rush mode. And uh, Devontae Adams doesn't get the call for the catch. The next play, then... He collides, I would say rather Hunter Renfro collided with him and they both fell down. So you can't call pass interference on that last play. I don't even understand why they were trying to go deep on fourth and one uh, when they could still would have had time to get a short pass completed, spike the ball and still have time to work with for Daniel Carlson to kick a long field goal. I don't understand what you're going deep for in that regard. Made no sense to me, but Raiders once again lose every game they've lost at one and four. They've lost by less than a touchdown, and to me, it's because the offense does not play a full game of football. The defense is the heart and soul of the team, but they can't do it by themselves. If you score 20 points in the first half, you need to score another 20 points in the second half in order to beat Pat Mahomes. You know that. So, I mean, I don't even put this on the defense. Yeah, Travis Kelsey scored four touchdowns, but if you think about it, they marched down the field every drive. day. There were no big plays by the Chiefs offense. So they chopped him down piece by piece. That's what Pat Mahomes can do to even the best defense. And then when they get close to the goal line, yeah, you can't stop Kelsey, especially when they were on plays designed to pick off other defenders and him run underneath. Or Pat Mahomes is scrambling and scrambling and scrambling. Eventually, defense gets tired and Kelsey gets open. So that, that the four touchdowns, I don't even put that on the Raiders' D. I really don't because it was all close to the goal line. You know the biggest target is the easiest target and the hardest to guard. So, I mean, look, if the Raiders had Darren Waller in the game, which they did not, he'd have probably done the same thing had they been at the other end. Although only only problem with that is the Raiders have a problem punching in the end zone when they get into the red zone. That's on Derek Carr and Josh McDaniels. But I digress. We're done. I just, I, yeah. The decision making, first of all, Josh McDaniels didn't deserve that job with his track record. Second of all, I don't just, I just don't believe Derek Carr is the guy who's going to lead us to promised land. Especially now that the division is even tougher than it's ever been before. But nonetheless, we're moving on. So we're getting into Thursday night football and it's time to start another week. And we're like, okay. Whatever happened to you last week, especially if it wasn't good for your team, or especially if you're just waiting to see football since last Monday night, you only had to wait three days and we're back to football. And we're starting off with the Washington Commanders at the Chicago Bears on Thursday night. Who thought this was primetime football? Who? Let me have their job. I guarantee you I will do better than this. I guarantee you I will do better than this. Why is this the Thursday night football game? 
who's gonna watch this? Your doggone sure no mostly any nobody else in the league is gonna watch this game. And I would highly doubt that the whole the whole fan base of Washington and the whole fan base of Chicago gonna watch this game either. Why are the Washington Commanders fans gonna watch this game? They know they ain't no good. And then the Bears are gonna be ha- will be watching this Bears fans gonna be watching this game with one eye open and one eye closed. Because half the time their offense can actually score the football and half the time their offense can't. And they know if Justin Fields gets hurt or goes down or has to do too much and it's all over for them. And that would be so embarrassing to lose to the commanders in the first place. Why? This is a game. This is the this is the game that you ship to London. <laughs> okay? This is the type of game you ship to London. Let them have this one. Don't give them don't give them Packers and Giants. Two three and one football teams. Give the London give London Commanders and Bears. Give Mexico Commanders and Bears. Give Germany that's where they're going next with shipping off our, our regular season games. Give Germany Commanders and Bears. Don't put this on primetime football and Thursday night football. Are you crazy? Who, who makes these decisions? Ugh. I'm going Bears. Just because, I, like I said, I can't stand Carson Wentz. He is no good for this team. He's no good for any team. And the Bears, if nothing else, should have better leadership than Justin Fields, even though they have problems scoring themselves with poor, two poorest offenses. And I'm just going with the better quarterback in Justin Fields. Bears defense should be able to clamp down on Carson Wentz just enough, just enough uh, in order to uh, seal the victory. So I'm picking the Bears uh, over the Commanders, and it's going to be very painful to watch this game. And so I'm definitely going to be watching this and be preoccupied with something else at the same time to fend off the boredom. Anyway, (laughs) moving on to the Sunday games. Uh, We're going to, oh my goodness, just why? We're going to Niners at Falcons, the old NFC West rivalry renewed, if you will. No, it's not. I'm just kidding. It's not. You know, these teams used to be in the same division, uh, which made absolutely no sense. And so now they are where they should be in different divisions. But going up against each other, Niners all day in this one. Better offense, better defense, better pizza, Papa John's. I can't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I tried. It's just, yeah. And that, yeah, Papa John needs to pay me. Papa John's needs to pay me. Because this is advertising they're getting for free. But yeah, picking the Niners better in all aspects over the Falcons. Falcons, you know, will try to fight. Hats off to them for that, but they should not win this game. There's no way I think that the Niners lose this game. Would be very embarrassing if they did. They are 3-2 and two and they need to keep winning to stay on top uh, in the a- uh, NFC West. Next, we got Patriots and Browns. Um, this one is is very shaky because, yes, the the Patriots are able to find success with other quarterbacks, but I just don't I I don't I don't find faith in these random guys. I just don't. And yes, while they may be able to score a touchdown and whatnot, I'm like even with Jacoby Brissett on the other side, who is not great, not even really good, but he's better than average, I would think. Um, I still got to go with the Browns. I got to go with the Browns with this one. 
the Patriots win this one, then I'm like, Browns, yeah, you really are just done. And then we're just waiting on Deshaun Watson. And by then it's too late because y'all will have already lost way too many games to even fight for the playoffs. So, um, but minus that, and I mean, I mean, with what they have, the Patriots have, Jacoby Brissett is a better quarterback than any quarterback the Patriots have that's active and healthy now. So, um, I got to go with the Browns in this one. Uh, better uh, running game and defense combination than the Patriots running game and defense combination. Um, of course, a better head coach is with the Patriots. So this may be a fight, I would think. But I think the Browns are the better team. And I'm going to go with the Browns over the Patriots at home. Next, we have, I mean, man, this should not even be a question. This really shouldn't be. But my goodness, it is a question now. Jets at Packers. Seem like, And it seemed like the Jets can do good on the road and at home now. I mean, th- 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 two of their three wins are on the road. And the Packers are reeling at 3-2. and two. Both these teams are 3-2. and two. Now, there is, you know, there is, you know, you know, riding the hot hand and the team is hot and, uh, you know, drinking the Kool-Aid and whatnot. But, man, are you serious that Aaron Rodgers could possibly lose to the Jets? I can't believe that until I actually see it. So, I'm going with the Packers. I would not be surprised if the Jets won this game. I know that's straddling the fence. But my goodness, if if, if, if if they lose to the Jets, you know Aaron Rodgers is mailing this in. You know Aaron Rodgers is mailing this in, and he doesn't care because he's got his 50 mil guaranteed. You, you just know. You just know. Even with what he doesn't have, I still say that overall with his defense, they are a better team than the Jets, so I'm picking the Packers to win, but you can tell how much I'm treading on thin ice with this one. <laughs> the Jets want to play now. They 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 like we we're a team now. We're 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 a team in the league. And ain't we going to the league? We going to no, we here. <laughs> and this is the ripe opportune moment for the Jets because so many teams are like kind of still with question marks now. And for the Jets to be able to get a couple wins early in the season like this is very impressive. Hats off to their head coach. Hats off to their entire coaching staff because I didn't even think they'd be this far along this early. So I'm still picking the Packers, but I would not be surprised if the Jets uh, won this football game because these other teams just seems like other teams are getting weaker and depleting more. And now you have uh, teams that are been at the bottom of the barrel uh, now looking like they're even and on par with some of these teams that you think are just because of the returning players and their star players are just overall better. Now, it's not safe to say that. It's really not safe to say that. Um, But we're going to go with the Packers here uh, at home. But man. The Jets are looking appetizing in terms of picking, especially in this matchup. But I'm going to go with the Packers here. Next, we have Jaguars at Colts. I don't know what to think here. Like, I mean, I was like, okay, now Jaguars were back on the rise here. But then the Colts be winning these really, really ugly games with Matt Ryan and company. And and it's like, come on now. It I you know, I figured they'd be much better because of the Jonathan Taylor and the Colts defense. But that that's really not the case. It's really not. 
I think there's a lot of other issues going on with them. Uh, and I think the biggest thing is they don't have a passing attack to balance things out. So I think if you just have a running game and you don't have a balanced attack, I can't see you beating the Jaguars. That defense is going to come to play, especially against a division rival. And while uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to have a time figuring out that Colts defense, same thing with Doug Peterson, if they are on the field more often than not and the Colts defense gets tired, Colts defense is going to give up points and the Colts offense will wait too long to try to get back in the game. And I don't see them winning here. So I'm picking the Jaguars over the Colts. Next, we have Vikings at Dolphins. Picking the Vikings in this one. Uh, They are a better team um, even right now at quarterback. Um, It remains to be seen if uh, Teddy Bridgewater is going to come back. But I just don't think it's really fair to him with what's going on with his organization. And uh, I don't think they deserve to win, especially with how they've handled Tua, who could be out for the rest of the season, should be out for the rest of the season. And we don't know what his personal, his health is going to be personally for the rest of his life at this point, which, you know, to, to, to continue to play is a life decision at this point. And I'm like, man, I'm sorry, but I just, I would rather you not. And that's, I know that's easy for me to say because I don't play in the league and I'm not getting paid and he's still on his rookie contract and hasn't gotten his fat contract extension yet, uh, which I know every player wants for themselves and their families. But yeah, I just don't, I, I feel bad. I really do for him. For I would feel bad for Tua. Um, but this, this organization did not handle him right and it's on them. It really is on them. I get people want to say it's on him, too, because he wants to play. But you know how competitors are. The bottom line is you had protocols to follow and you didn't follow them. So, yes, it is on you. You could have stopped him from playing, but you didn't. So, yes, it is on you. It's not on him because he can say he's good and he might have felt fine and he might have had his adrenaline pumping. And to him, he might have felt good, but he's not the doctor. He's not the neurologist. He's not the president. He's not the, the, the head coach. So, yes, it is on the team. And so every loss that the Dolphins get, they deserve it. And I don't think that they'll get a win this week either, and they don't deserve it. I'm hoping they don't win. So picking the Vikings over the Dolphins. Again, if Dalvin Cook cooks, the Vikings are winning. Simple as that. So picking the Vikings over the Dolphins. We're going to take a break right here, and we're going to be back with the rest of the game's predictions here uh, in a short analysis to add along a little bit of pepper spiced into each one. We're going to take the break here, and we'll be back after this sponsored message. This is Scout Team Sports. I am DeValiant. Be back in a minute. Scout Team Sports, and we're back in it, in it to win it. We're going to continue on and finish out the rest of the games here that we're talking about predictions and analysis for week six in the 2022-2023 NFL football season. Appreciate all my subscribers. Appreciate uh, the anchor as the sponsor uh, for this podcast here. And we are rolling right along. Again, appreciate all my subscribe subscribers. Please continue to uh Listen and share this podcast with all other pro sports and NFL fans as we are moving right along with this NFL season. 
we are getting back into it for week six and we start off with the Bengals at the saints Bengals, i'm gonna pick to win in this regard because uh they have a starting quarterback they have a clear cut leader of their team joe burrow unquestionable unquestioned leader of this team and uh you know, even though that with the bad offensive line issues, I would say that that is the only thing that could burn them at this moment if the Saints D line really comes to play. Um, but the Saints defense is not what they used to be, not even a year ago, let alone when they were really good two years ago and prior. So um, I picked the Bengals over the Saints here. Um, we don't know who's going to be quarterback this week from week to week for the Saints. We just don't know. Uh, and with that type of questionable leadership, and an offense that still sputters at times, even with a good performance uh, that Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill had last week. I don't think that that's consistent. I think Kamara can be consistent, but I don't know that he really wants to be there. I still don't think he does. Um, but nonetheless, um, I just think the Bengals from top to bottom uh, will be better in the running game, better in the passing game. And then although their defense uh, is not that great at all, um, but I still think the Bengals will outlast them. So picking the Bengals over the Saints. Next, we got one that is a curious matchup on that I am kind of on the fence about Ravens at Giants. I see how good the Giants are playing right now. Um, going up against the Ravens, I definitely think that Giants defense will have a tougher matchup than they've had most weeks thus far to this point in the season and trying to tame Lamar Jackson in that offense. I really think the key to this game is what can the Giants do against the Ravens D. If the Giants can get loose against the Ravens D, I think the Giants take this one, and I think that they do win this football game. I'm thinking the Giants improve to 5-1 and one because they'll be able to take advantage. Saquon Barkley led, will be able to take advantage a lot of this Ravens defense that is much weaker than what you remember in their glory days. Uh, and then although Lamar is going to fight and fight hard against this um, Giants defense, I don't think it will be enough this week. Um, because I think Saquon Barkley is just going to have a big game. So fantasy football players are going to be like, yes, yes, for Saquon uh, going up against uh, the Ravens this week. And unfortunately for the Ravens, I think they will drop to 3-3 three and three because of their lack of good defense of what they've had. Uh, I'm still waiting to see, uh, you know, a what looks like, what looks like a 100% J.K. Dobbins. Um if they were, if I had more uh, confidence in him and more confidence in that Ravens defense, um, yes, they did win last week and they held the Bengals to 17 points. But we know how the Bengals are this year thus far. They're not a blowout team, a high-scoring team. So I'm not surprised by that score. But the Giants, I think, can put up more points against that Ravens defense. And I think that they will. And I think that will be the difference in the game with Lamar trying to catch up at the end, but just a little bit too, sh you know, coming up too short, not having enough time because his defense is giving up way too much. So picking the Giants over the Ravens. Next, you've got Buccaneers at the Steelers picking the, the Buccaneers, of course. And this, I don't know why I've almost said the Steelers. <laughs> I don't know why that S came out that quick. What's wrong with me? Uh, the water's good, right? The water's good. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at it. It looks good. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, Buccaneers clearly over the Steelers here. Better offense, better defense, better ingredients. That's 
What is wrong with me? I like pizza. And I only get to have it like once a month. I'm on a diet. I'm training. I'm doing good out there. You know, I'm being behaved. I only get it once a, once a month. Once a month, the pizza. And, uh, yeah, I just must really want pizza right now. So, <laughs> good, uh, uh, brother-in-law, if, you, if you're listening, uh, give me some pizza, okay? Uh, just treat a brother, you know, been working hard, you know. Uh, yeah, give, give him some pizza. <laughs> give him some pizza. Good pizza now. I want that, you know, I want that, yeah, the cheap stuff. Give him the good stuff. I only get this once a month. Come on. Games. Good pizza. But yeah, Buccaneers over Steelers. Better offense, better defense, uh, better head coach, better quarterback. Uh, so yeah, whoever gets to face the Steelers now, if you're average to better or better team, then yeah, I don't see how you don't consider this an easy win and take full advantage of a porous uh, Steelers team led by a rookie quarterback in Kenny Pickett who looks promising, but this is too early for him, and I think he goes 0-2 with a loss against Tom Brady, 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 Tom Brady, Tom Brady, and the Buccaneers. Next, you got Panthers at Rams. I think the Rams get back on track with a win, and that's only because the Panthers are so much worse than they are. That's really all it is. Really all it is is the Panthers are worse, much worse than what the Rams are at quarterback. At um, I want, They have a better running back. Uh, but then at wide receiver, even with Cooper Cup, he's better than all the wide receivers of the Panthers combined. Uh, and then defense, you have to give that to the Rams. So they're just better. Uh, there's no way, I don't see any way that the Rams, even with their struggles this year thus far, would lose to the Panthers. So Panthers, uh, Rams over the Panthers in this game. Next, we've got Cardinals at Seahawks, NFC West matchup. Got to give this one to the Cardinals. Uh, they have to see this as an opportune moment to get back on track. The Seahawks are weakened. Of course, they already don't have much of a defense now with Jamal Adams out. And now Rashad Penny is out. Their offensive rushing attack weapon. And now it's just Geno in the passing game versus Kyler Murray in his passing game. And with uh, Kyler Murray's uh, extra added running attack. Um, uh, just, I mean, the Red Road Runner. I call him the Red Road Runner for a reason. Um, man, he's he's just so dynamic, and yeah, he's not invincible by any means. But I don't think the Seahawks have the pass rushing attack in order to track him down and keep him clamped up. They just don't. So picking the Cardinals over the Seahawks, and um, again, this is midweek, but I'm um, expecting De- DeAndre Hopkins to be back soon. And so, especially when they get him back, then yeah, they're going to be uh, clearly a better team, in my opinion, than a lot of teams that they face. That doesn't always translate to a win, but in this regard, they are, they seem to be a better team than the Seahawks. So picking the Cardinals over the Seahawks. Next, they're going to do it. They're going to do it. And I'm shocked and surprised that it is not a Sunday night football game, a Thursday night football game, which we could have people Bills at Chiefs. You want to put this on Sunday at 1.25 p.m. Pacific Time. Or Eastern Time, whatever. No, no, it's an afternoon game. But you want to put the Bears 
and the Commanders on Thursday night. You really don't care about Thursday night football. You must not. Primetime television, eh, we don't care. Just throw anybody out there. We don't know. Yeah, just throw anybody out there. Why isn't this game on primetime television? I don't get it. The whole 13 seconds, you could play that up. Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, doing it out one more time. Probably going to face each other in the playoffs again. But you want to put Bears and Commanders on Thursday night. Okay. Just fire that person. Just give me the job. I do good. Come on. Give me the job. Come on. Oh, man. Picking in this one is tough, but I got to go with the Bills here. Uh, the, the 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 playoffs may be a different story because you know how that goes, but I just I I the Bills I they're uh, they got to be licking their chops for this defense. Von Miller, like I said, difference maker for that defense as far as veteran leadership. I think the Bills get it done. Um, this go around, and the Bills overcome NKC and beat the Chiefs. You would think that if the Chiefs barely beat the Raiders and the Bills should stomp a mud hole in them but Pat Mahomes is Pat Mahomes so we know that but Josh Allen is also Josh Allen so I'm expecting the Bills to be hungry for this I'm expecting them to be mad and angry but still have a focused control over that anger and translate this into a win may not be by much but translate this into a win so I'm picking the Bills over the Chiefs and then we get to your Sunday night football matchup, which also deserves to be on primetime television. I'm not, I'm not arguing that, but the the Monday night and the Thursday night definitely not. But this one deserves to be on TV. Cowboys at Eagles. You got one of the two four and one teams in the league, in the in the NFC East that is, uh, going up against the top team in their division in the Eagles. Um, this at this point, I don't see one of these teams stronger than the other. So I'm saying thinking these two teams split how these two teams will look later on in the season. I don't know. But at this point, at this point, if Cooper Rush is starting again, I just don't think it's right for Dak to be in right now. If you want to keep winning football games. I, I just I get it I get it. he's a higher paid quarterback he's the leader all that I just the way the Cowboys are playing right now it's so effective if Cooper Rush like literally it's I, I'm gonna put it like this if Cooper Rush plays Cowboys are winning if Dak Prescott plays Eagles are winning I did I'm literally telling you it's that simple I, there ain't, ain't nothing else to break down there is nothing else to break down in this. Nothing else to break down. You know what I said about Zeke and, and Pollard? Combined, they resemble the old Zeke. CD can't do much on his own, but they don't need much from him because Cooper Rush doesn't make a lot of mistakes in the passing game at all. And then the running game handles most of, the, most of what the offense does on offense. Uh, and then the Eagles defense is not all that great. They're good, but they're not great. So you can be effective with that and just have Cooper Rush pass here and pass there like he's been doing, game managing, not making any mistakes. 
And then I think it's going to be really, 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 really tough for Jalen Hurts to have a good game against this Cowboys defense. He cannot play how he's been playing on average and expect to be successful against this Cowboys E. Yes, he's still a good leader even when he doesn't have a good game, but that's not enough against the Cowboys D. You have to be that good leader that you already are, and then you have to play well. You can't just be that good leader morally, that good team captain morally, and then you go out there and lay an egg. That ain't that ain't going to get it done against the Cowboys. That's not going to get it done against the Cowboys. You actually have to play well. You have to play a clean game, no turnovers. If you do have one pick, you need about at least three touchdowns to, 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 to supplant that. You need three touchdowns to supplant one pick. If you get one pick, Jalen Hurts, you better be throwing three touchdowns and then rushing for another one. Because the, your average play, your, how you've been playing, like I said, good leader, but that's not going to get it done against the Cowboys. So I really think the Achilles heel is you, you've got your strengths, your Cowboys D versus your Eagles offense, and then the weakest link. Whoever wins the battle between the weakest link wins the game. Cowboys offense versus Eagles defense. If Cooper Rush starts, Cowboys. If Dak Prescott, again, this is Dak Prescott. He comes back not having played since week one, and he's getting into the heated rivalry, the best team in the division record-wise, in the Eagles. I don't think he's ready for that. I think you ease Dak Prescott in against a weaker opponent. If Dak plays, it's Eagles. But if Cooper Rush continues to start, I'm going Cowboys here. So I got to put that in there. I have to. I'm straddling the fence on this one. Just going to have to deal with it this week. Just deal with it. But I am so serious about this. Cooper Rush starts, Cowboys win. Dak Prescott starts, Eagles win. That's all that really is all there is to it. I've broken down offense and defense for both teams. That's really what it comes down to is who's starting quarterback for the Cowboys in this game. And we're going to leave it at that. And then you get on to what I'm pretty sure a lot of people anticipated would have been an exciting matchup here. And it's still kind of sort of maybe. But uh, yeah, Russell Wilson has been so lackluster this season. It's like, yeah, this is a letdown. And yeah, while Justin Herbert is good, the Chargers as a whole don't play like a team that's world beaters, even though a lot of teams are picking them to be world beaters. I mean, you got to think about how competitive this AFC is. Like I said, I'm not going to get into my rant again, but there's a reason why I don't pick the Chargers as a dark horse or that finally because they look so good on paper that they're about to go to the Super Bowl. There's way too much competition in the AFC for you to be constantly being picked as a dark horse and you constantly coming up short like you do. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Uh, the, the type of Super Bowl team that you would think the Chargers are supposed to be and they're going to overcome the Chiefs in their division and then the rest of the tough AFC teams, they should be 4-1 if not 5-0 and right now. I would have more confidence in that possibility if they were that. But if you look at how they play and the teams that they've lost to and how they've won their games, they're 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 lucky to be three and two. 
they really are lucky to be three and two because they can have all the talent in the world on paper. Like I said, I still stand behind Mike Williams being that T.O.-esque type player. But I don't think Austin Eckler is going to be running wild in this one. And it's going to be tough against the Chargers. Um, it's going to be tough for the Chargers offense moving the ball against the Broncos. Their only saving grace is if Russell Wilson comes out and lays an egg again. And then they're on the field a lot more and the Broncos D gets tired. And at this point, I don't see how that doesn't happen because it just doesn't look like Russ wants to be there. Or at least he's just saving himself for whatever. Why did I use that term, saving himself? Because <laughs> uh, clearly somebody he's associated with ain't saving herself for nothing. Nobody. It's all downhill, man. The company you keep, man. I'm telling you, it affects your work. It affects not just the home life. It affects the work. I'm telling you. But yeah, I don't know what's wrong with Russ. Um, at this point, these two can knock each other out and never play again. I'd be fine with that. Because <laughs> we need help. <laughs> I'm going to pick the Chargers over the Broncos only because... Russell Wilson doesn't. I don't have any confidence in what I what he can do right now. I just don't. Chargers win this game. All the Chargers got to do is score about 20 or 21 points, and they win this game. That's not saying much. That's really not saying much for the Chargers or the Broncos. But I'm picking the Chargers over the Broncos because Russell Wilson, just like that meme, got his helmet on backwards right now figuratively and physically I would say he got his helmet on backwards right now either he can't see or he don't want to see it's one of the two and that both those are both those options are bad so um, picking the Chargers by default <laughs> over the Broncos and that will conclude your week six predictions and analysis for the 2022 2023 NFL season. I am your host, Devalian, with Scout Team Sports. Please be sure to continue to listen, share, and subscribe to this podcast. You can subscribe to this podcast, listen to this podcast via Anchor. We are up on Spotify. We're up on Apple Podcasts. We're up on, up on Google Podcast. We're on Podcast Addict. Though I don't like that name, uh, but we're there. So however you want to listen to us, please continue to listen and share this podcast. I appreciate all my subscribers. Uh, once again, believe until you stop breathing. And we'll see you back next week after this week is over. Weekend of football is over and we get to week seven. But for week six, this is it. Once again, appreciate all my subscribers. Shout out to Anchor, our sponsor. This is Scout Team Sports. I am your host, Devalian. Believe until you stop breathing and we'll see you on next week's show.